So today we are bringing a 40-year tradition uh, back to Woodmont. Uh, back in 1982, I was two years old, by the way, the uh, Woodmont Youth Group had a live nativity scene up the hill here at South Hall, uh, just right up here, the house that we have on the property. And um, the next year, 1983, they, they, they made it even bigger and they rebranded it and called it Walk Through Bethlehem. And there was a young lady by the name of Ann Keith that um, was really, really into this live nativity scene, okay? She really pushed the ministers to do it. It's George Keith's sister. And then a few years later, she was tragically killed in a car accident. All the memorial gifts that came in uh, for, for her funeral went to support this ministry. And so Walk Through Bethlehem continued to grow and grow, and that was a big boost to it. And, and over the years now, 40 years since that very first live nativity scene, this ministry has become one of Middle Tennessee's greatest traditions. And so today we will welcome thousands of people to our church. How many? We don't know. We like to argue over that. The answer is thousands uh, will come to our church uh, this morning and all throughout the afternoon to experience what it must have been like the night Christ was born in Bethlehem. And I think for me as the, the pastor here, a really important question that we all need to continue to ask and answer is, is why do we do this? I mean, why, why is it important? Why do we continue to pour into this ministry? It takes a lot of work. And, and so I have three short answers that I'll share with you at the beginning. The first reason we do this is to remind people that Christmas is about the birth of Jesus Christ. Um, here in the overly commercialized Green Hills with the mall and the stores and all the other hubbub and things that are happening, we are gonna be a witness to the fact that we celebrate Christmas to celebrate the birth of, of Jesus Christ and, and the light shining in the darkness, the darkness not overcoming it. And so whatever darkness you have in your life this Christmas, I hope that the, the birth of Christ into your heart can help drive that out. The second reason that we do this is because we are a missional church. For almost 80 years, Woodmont has been a missional church and we live out our faith. And this is a, a big way that we live out our faith and provide an outreach into the community. And many people will build their Advent holiday tradition around Walk Through Bethlehem. And it's so great to welcome families back in church groups year after year. And the third reason that I wanna lift up is because it brings incredible joy into all of our hearts. Um, it's hard to put into words how meaningful it is to see a, a small child walk through the village and then walk up to the manger and place a doll next to the baby Jesus and just to see the emotion that they're filled with. It brings incredible joy. And so all of the work, all of the organizing, everything that goes into it becomes worth it. And I wanna thank everybody who's worked so hard again to make this happen. Today, we light the third candle on the Advent wreath, which is the candle of joy. If you remember, we started with hope. Last week, we talked about peace. And today we're gonna, we're gonna talk about joy. We're in Matthew chapter two, where in the reading you heard that, that we learned that in the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born, there were wise men in the east who came to Jerusalem and they said, where is this child that's been born king of the Jews? Because we observed his star at its rising and we've come to pay him homage. But when Herod heard this, he was frightened and all of Jerusalem with him. Why? Because another king had been born. He was paranoid. So he said, where is this Messiah to be born? And they said, in Bethlehem of Judea. So it's written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. And then Matthew tells us that, uh, that Herod sends the wise men to Bethlehem. And he says, hey, once you've found him, bring me word so that I too may go and pay him homage. Well, did Herod really want to come worship the baby? No. No, he wanted to find out where he was because Herod wanted to kill the baby. Again, he was paranoid. 
He was a threat to the throne. Herod wanted him dead. And so Matthew says that they follow the star and and it stopped over the place where the, the Christ child was and they were overwhelmed with joy. And they offered gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And then they were warned in a dream to leave by a different road. Let me ask you this. Can you think of a time in your life when you have been overwhelmed with joy? Think throughout your life, maybe this year, maybe you're, when your kids were born, maybe it was a wedding, maybe it was another just amazing uh, event that happened that you really can't even put it in, in, into words. How would you explain what it feels like to be overwhelmed with joy. And let me ask you this, are you experiencing joy so far this Christmas season? We only got two weeks left till Christmas. Two weeks from today is Christmas day. Kind of hard to believe, right? I think joy is found in the ordinary. I think joy comes in, in some of the things that we do that we often don't pay attention to because we're, we're stressed out, we're fearful, we're busy. We're, um, we're not in a good place mentally or emotionally. Um, I think that joy comes when you, when you sit around a tree with family and friends. I think joy comes when you sing Christmas carols to candlelight, or when you hear the bridge band up here playing that, all the music that you love. I think joy comes when you give that perfect gift to, the, to that person that you love. I think it, it comes when you do Elf on the Shelf and they fly around uh, to different places. I, I think it comes when you sit by a warm fire on a cold winter night with a good book or when you decorate the tree with music in the background or when you welcome a college student home who's been away for, for three or four months. Uh, I think joy comes when a relationship is healed that's been broken for a while. Or, or, or when you run into an old friend that you haven't seen in some time, or, or when you get a Christmas card in the mail and you find out what's going on in other people's lives. I think those are some of the ways that we experience joy, but so many times we miss it because we're not paying attention. We're not fully there. Henry Nouwen, great spiritual writer, says this. He says, each day holds a surprise, but only if we expect it can we see, hear, or feel it when it comes to us. Let's not be afraid to receive each day's surprise, whether it comes to us as sorrow or as joy, it will open a new place in our hearts, a place where we can welcome new friends and celebrate more fully our shared humanity. I want you to think about that first Christmas. We're gonna give you a pretty good idea today of what it might've been like with Walk Through Bethlehem, but I want you to think back to Bethlehem the very first Christmas, and can you imagine what that site was like? Can you imagine the long awaited Messiah, the one born king of the Jews from the line of David, was born in a lowly stable, wrapped in bands of cloth, laid him in a manger. The humblest of births would change the course of history forever. Now I heard my friend Mike Glenn, he's a pastor in Brentwood, say something this weekend. He said, he goes, you know, I read in Luke's gospel that Mary gave birth to Jesus, wrapped him in bands of cloth, and laid him in a manger. He said, but I don't buy it. He said, I'll buy it because you know what a manger looks like? It's a feeding trough. It's gross. It's got hay. It's got bugs. It's got dirt and mud. So this is Mike's theory. Mike said, I think what happened is Mary gave birth to Jesus, wrapped him in bands of cloth, and she held him for a while, and then she got tired. And then Mary gave the baby to Joseph, right? This is what happened, right, dads? And Joseph held the baby for a little while, and then he put him in the manger. That's maybe how the baby got into the manger. I don't know. But I thought that was a pretty interesting theory that all moms and dads might appreciate. But here's what we know is on that first Christmas, 
on that first Christmas, Christ came into the world, Christmas came alive, and God came to earth that night. And so here we are, many years later, and we want to experience the same joy in our hearts, in our lives, in our families, in our world. We want to be filled with the same joy that the wise men had years ago. You know, many people are living in this world, but they're not really alive. They are living, they're going through the motions, they're doing things day after day, but they're not really there. They're distant, they're sad, they're hurting, they're waiting. And I would say during this Advent season, many of us are waiting for Christmas to come alive in our hearts. I mean, where are you this morning? We're halfway through the Christmas season. Are you, are you experiencing it? Are you filled with it? Are you missing it? Um, are, are, are you just stressed out and tired? What will it take for you to experience joy this Christmas? What does it mean for Christmas to come alive? What does it mean for us to, to, to find the joy that we talk about today? Well, I got a few thoughts. If Christmas is to come alive, then we first have to work really hard to do what we said last week, and that's to find that sense of inner peace. We talked about peace last Sunday, but many of us really struggle with it. But it's something that we all want. But life is not perfect and problems are real, and we deal with a lot of pain and hurt, right? Um, Farrell and I took a group of folks to lunch Friday. She's convened this group of people that have lost their spouse, uh, mostly to cancer, over the past couple of years. And so we went, uh, we went to True Food, and just to hear them talk, just to hear them talk about how strong they're being and what they're feeling this Christmas. You gotta remember, Christmas is not easy on everybody, especially people that have lost a spouse or people that have been through a divorce or a separation. It's, it's, it's not all a joy and glamor. Um, and, and so just to be with them and to hear them and to try to encourage them was something that was very, very meaningful. Johan Hari wrote this book a few years ago called Lost Connections, and he's talking about depression. And he basically says, you know, for so long we've said that depression is a chemical imbalance in the brain, and he doesn't dismiss that at all. But he says, what if depression there's something that happens before that imbalance. He says, what if, what if, if we looked at depression as, as, as something going on, we have lost meaningful relationships and connections with certain things in life, maybe with our spouse, maybe with our family, maybe with work or values, and that's what's leading us to that place. And so Hari says, what if depression is in fact a form of grief for our own lives, not being as they should be? What if, what if that's how we can understand it? There's a lot of people that battle at this time of year. Um, Harvard psychiatrist Armand Nikolai once said, the cause of despondency in many today is an awareness of a gap between what they think they ought to be and what they feel that they are. There is a discrepancy between an ideal that they hold for themselves and an awareness of how far short they fall from that ideal. Does that resonate with anybody this morning? There's a Chinese proverb that says, if there's light in the soul, there will be beauty in the person. And if there's beauty in the person, there will be harmony in the house. And if there's harmony in the house, there will be order in the nation. And if there's order in the nation, there will be peace in the world. But it all starts with inner peace, right here in your heart. And if you're waiting on somebody else to bring you inner peace this Christmas, I hate to disappoint you, but it's not gonna happen. You have to find it on your own and you gotta hold on to it. The second way that I think Christmas comes alive and we experience the joy this time of year is that we gotta understand that there is a fundamental difference in life between joy and happiness. 
And, and lots of people write about this and talk about this, but, but we all want to be happy. I want to be happy. Andrew wants to be happy. All of you want to be happy. But, but we all know that there are certain conditions that take us in and out of happiness. It depends on external conditions, like whether things are going right, whether you have enough money, whether you're healthy or sick, whether the weather is good, whether the stock market is up, whether your kids are behaving themselves. These are the things that determine happiness. And we're not always happy, right? Um, these things can change overnight. But joy, on the other hand, is what we celebrate at Christmas. And joy depends on the internal condition of your heart and your soul, especially in relationship to God. It's the Spirit of God that fills you. And when it fills you, you'll find joy. Because no matter what's going on in the external conditions of your life, joy is much deeper. It's, it, it's, it's unshakable. And once you get it, other things may change, but you hold on to it. So I think, this is my theory, that you can experience joy at Christmas no matter if you're going through a good time or a hard time. The joy can happen in the good times and the bad times, but, but you have to realize that it's not the same thing as happiness. Happiness is fleeting. Joy has staying power. And so if you're stressed out with the hustle and bustle of December, if you're already getting tired of the traffic and the stores and the parties and the rushing around, then why don't you slow down a little bit for the next two weeks and push some of that out and, and let the Christ child fill your heart between now and Christmas Day so that you can find that sense of joy. That's not the same as happiness. My, my last thought this morning that I'll share with you, that if Christmas is to come alive, if we are to find a sense of joy, Christmas and beyond, by the way, not just Christmas, but if we are to find joy in our lives, then we need to realize that when we look at the face of the Christ child, we are seeing the face of God born in human flesh. Frederick Buechner began one of his sermons this way. He said, you know, if God really exists, then why in heaven's name does God not prove that he exists instead of leaving us here in our terrible uncertainty? Why does he not show his face so that at last a despairing world can have hope and peace? And then I love what William Barclay said to basically answer that question. He said, here's the amazingly new concept that God could and would become a human being, that God could enter into the life that we live, that eternity could appear in time, that somehow the creator could appear in creation in such a way that human eyes could actually see him. And so through Jesus Christ, the divine became human. The eternal appeared in time. The creator became a part of creation. Or as John writes in his gospel so beautifully, the word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of a father's only son, full of grace and full of truth. You know, we can all experience joy today in Bethlehem. But there's one verse at the end of Matthew's gospel where he says, that after they had been warned in a dream not to return home, they went by another road. And we can read scripture and we can say, oh, they just, they went a different route. They, they didn't want to run into Herod. They didn't want to tell him where the baby was, all that, right? Or you can also take a different interpretation of that. And you can say, the wise men were so transformed and changed by what they experienced in Bethlehem that they weren't the same. And they went home by a different road. And so my question to you is, are there things in your life that you want to change 
things that you're not happy about, ways that you behave that you know need to change. What a great time to be transformed. What a great time to, to leave some things in the year 2022 and, and start anew this Christmas. We too can be changed if we're open to it. We too can experience joy and we too can go home by a different road. That's the promise this Christmas. Would you join me in prayer? Loving God, we are so grateful for this special day in the life of our church. Walk through Bethlehem, a 40 year tradition that we bring back this year. And as we hear the music and the Christmas stories, Lord, we pray that you will change us, that you will not leave us the same, that, that the birth of Jesus into the world and into our hearts will change us in a way to where we can begin anew. We can see with new eyes. We can live with hope, peace, and joy. And we can spread that light that is Christmas to everybody around us. Amen.